0: Good morning, everybody. Good to see you here this morning. Um, uh, The video that, I'll just clarify, the video that we just saw actually was just on equality. Um, It wasn't about the whole series, Ron. Um, But so just a little bit of a glimpse of what we're going to be looking at today. Um, The series itself is looking at why our Western society has these qualities that we see in that little card that you've all got. Um, equality, democracy, and there's a whole lot listed in there. Um, And so we start today uh, on equality. And um, so let's um, pray and we'll get into God's word together. Uh, Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your spirit, uh, which is in us, which helps us to understand your word, uh, which spurs us on to, to love and good deeds. Lord, we, uh, as we think about equality, uh, we ask that you help us to respond well uh, to what your word says about all people on earth. Uh, we pray that we may put it into practice, Lord, and um, yeah, seek your face in all that we do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in this, in this series, we're going to see how... Um, the worldview that we hold in Western society has its beginnings in biblical principles. That's the the point of the series. And we're looking today at equality um, where each person, no matter their background, uh, has the same social position and receives the same treatment. Now, Hugh Mackay, I don't know if you're a a fan or not of his work, um, in one of his books has a really good illustration, I think, of Australian equality. He's, he's walking um, down Parramatta Road and uh, near Sydney Uni and he sees these three students uh, walking, up to, or walking up to a corner um, and they see this old man sitting on a wall smoking he's got a hat upturned with some coins in it holding a guitar and one of the students turns to him and says well, you're not singing today? not playing today? and he, uh, the old man says, oh it's, it's, out, it's out of tune. I, I just can't seem to get it right. And I feel a bit crook, to be honest. Oh, I can do it for you, mate, says one of the students. And the old man says, oh, you, you know how to tune a guitar? Yeah, sure I do, I play too. And so the old man passed him the guitar and the student casually sits down next to him and starts tuning his guitar. A Hugh Mackay says of this event... That there's nothing uniquely Australian about a young person helping an old person or, or hope and despair on a corner or even connections made by music. They're all common things, aren't they? But what made this uniquely Australian and what we'll argue, I guess, throughout the course of um, this series is what it made it uniquely um, Western was that these two people crossed generational, educational and ethnic divides Uh, Very casually. See, the old man was Aboriginal and the young student was Chinese. Yet they casually crossed over these divides without a care. Now, why does that happen? Why is it that, that in Australia we can get away with crossing over these boundaries and no one seems to care? Well, we're going to look today at the reason that we do this in Australia and why it's a trait of Western society is because of Biblical principles. Now, these Biblical principles have given us equality. We speak up for the weak because we see that each person has value. No matter if you're the oldest or the youngest, uh, male or female, black or white, if you're a grandparent or a newborn, every person has value. Now, this isn't something that's enjoyed in every corner of the globe. Um, but in Western society, we strive to maintain equality because, because of the high value we place on each individual. And this comes out of our biblical roots. Now, today we're going to look at two passages. Um, the first is in um, Genesis, which Maddie started to look at, look at with us. Um, and, the, and the second is in Matthew 25. And I'd love to show you more passages um, that speak of equality. Um, but we're just going to stick to those two today um, because there is a lot that we can say. So let's turn to Genesis 1, and I'll read that for us. Genesis one twenty six and 27. Uh, and then God said, "'Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, "'and let them rule over the fish of the sea "'and the birds of the air, "'over the livestock, over all the earth.'" and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, there are, two, there are, there are a few things that I want to show you here, three things uh, which relate to equality. Now, the first is image. Um, the, we're all equal because we're made in the image of God. And we see in the, in those verses that three times it's the word image is used to refer to the way people are made, in God's image. Now, being made in God's image, um, or being made in the image of God, doesn't refer to um, God having a human form like we do, uh, rather it's to do with his qualities, um, qualities that we share with God, like moral, spiritual and intellectual qualities. You know, so we, we have the power to reason and think. Uh, we, we, we're, we can build from our intellect. We protest at immorality. We desire to pray and learn spiritual things. And we do all of these things because we are made in God's image. Not made different, but the same, in God's image. On the other hand, there's there's quite a distinction between humanity and the the animals. If you look at verse 26, um, it says that we are created to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Um, Humanity's place to the animals is distinct from is distinct, but humanity itself is actually um, made equal to rule over. Um, There's no inequality built into um, us as as humans. We're all made equal in the image of God. The second thing I want to show is that humanity is equal because we're all created. Now, on the one hand, I think this is sort of similar to image. Um, However, I, I think there's a difference worth explaining. Often uh, we think that we're the boss and we're in control, we've got everything sorted in life, um, until something goes wrong. Cancer, car accident, broken leg, death. And it's at moments like these that I think we realise that we're actually created. It makes everyone equal. No, no one starts to think they're, they're greater than another person in a moment of tragedy. It's actually the moment we realise that we are all equal and that we are all created. We can show love and concern and care, but we can't do anything about the event. We can't change the circumstances. We're distinct from the Creator, but it also means that we're equal to one another. And the third thing that I want to look at in this passage is gender. Um, Look at verse 27. And now there's generally three lines in this Um, in your Bibles. Uh, We've sort of looked at the first one. And then the second one, depending on your version, uh, the second line says, in the image of God, he created them. Uh, Note that gender isn't isn't made different to another. Both are made in the image of God. Uh, And then for emphasis, the last line, which points out that although they're different, they're, they're both created, male and female, he created them. Now, if you looked at at this in more detail, you might see that the word at the end of the second line, them, often is translated him, um, but I think this is a good uh, use of it um, because he created Adam, or man, male and female. He created them. I think there's a play on words that, that shows us that um, gen- we have equality across genders. Both are made in the image of God and both are created by the same God. Now, these three things give a basis for why um, our Western society values equality. Now, I want to make sure you understand that I don't mean that everyone is exactly the same. I'm not talking about sameness. um, And I'm not trying to get rid of diversity. I'm saying that every person is equal no matter who they are. They can hold to different thoughts, positions, religions, even enjoy rugby instead of soccer. But none of this changes anything. They're all equal. We saw, in the <clears throat> we saw in the story with a Chinese student that he crossed generational, educational and ethnic divides without a problem. Now this is a trait that comes from Genesis chapter 1. Equality with diversity, because equality I and mean, because equality is a biblical principle, then as we move into the New Testament, we see that Jesus pushes us, I think, to reach out to others because all, he values each and every person in our society. Now, so with this in mind, I want to head back to Matthew chapter twenty-five, um, and Jesus is, is on the Mount of Olives. And, it, and he's teaching about the end times. And what I think I want to, what I want you to understand from this passage, is that Jesus has a heart for all people. He wants to save everyone from their eternal peril. Um, this passage is a glimpse of the end. It's, um, and I think it, the hope that is, as you hear it. Uh, you might be encouraged to say yes to following the king, King Jesus. Now open to Matthew chapter 25. Um, and, and here we see in the first few verses in 31 to 33 that Jesus has come to judge the world. We see in verse 31 where it says, uh, Son of man, oh that's Jesus. When the Son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. Jesus is called the Son of Man. He's sitting on the throne and he separates out the sheep from the goats. <clears throat> the sheep are called the righteous and the goats are called the cursed. Excuse me. <clears throat> <clears throat> now, all the nations, so it's important to note that all the nations are gathered before Jesus. Um, yet there's only two groups. Okay, there, there's no. There are only two directions. There's either left or right. Uh, you're either righteous or cursed. Now, the dis, the division isn't based on race or gender or, or nationality. This is um, the direction that is based on whether they served Jesus as king or whether they rejected him as king. If you trusted Jesus, you'll be put with the sheep. But if you have rejected Jesus, then you will be put with the goats. And then we see that Jesus, in verses um, 34 to 40, addresses the crowds. He addresses each of the crowds. um, And in 34 to 40, we see that he addresses the, the sheep, those on his right, those who have said yes to Jesus. And explains that when they did something for the least of these brothers of mine, they did it for Jesus. As they lived their life and cared for someone in need, Jesus says, you did that for me. However, in verses 41 to 46, we see that it's, it's quite the opposite. He speaks to the goats, to the cursed, and he says, what you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. So there's a comparison here between the sheep and the goats, the righteous and the cursed. Now, many people conclude from this passage that, um, well, if you do good things, you're righteous, and if you do bad things, you're cursed. But that's not the point here. If, you, if you're old enough to remember Keith Green, um, I feel like I am a little bit, um, you know that he actually got this one wrong, didn't he? He says that it was, it was the difference between the righteous and the cursed is what they did and did not do. But that's not right. It's not about who they trust. It's not about what they did <laughs> or did not do. It's about who they trusted. It's about Jesus. It's about being made righteous when you choose to follow Jesus as king. But this passage tells us a bit more than that, doesn't it? There's, there's an expectation, actually, on those who have trusted Jesus that they care for the least of these. He's concerned that we care for the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and those in prison. He says that when we care for the least of these, you care for me. What we need to see is that Jesus has a heart for all people. All people made in the image of God, and all people are important to Jesus. Jesus says that when one of these, least of these, is suffering, then feed them, give them something to drink, invite them in, clothe them, look after them, and visit them. Because when you do, it's like doing it for Jesus. How great! Jesus loves his image bearers and has a heart to see them treated with dignity, respect and perhaps even given the love that their circumstances have meant that they don't receive these things. This is something that we value in Western society, where all people have dignity and worth. But when someone is suffering, our hearts cry out, don't they? We want to help. Let me recount a story that, that I think helps us understand the difference between Western society and, and Indian culture. It's, it's out of a book from, um, by Vishal Mangalwadi's um, book, uh, The Book That Made Your World. Now maybe some of you have read that book. And he talks in that book about a time when he goes to visit... Um, uh, he, his wife and himself Ruth, his wife Ruth and himself would go to a, a remote Indian village and they start by visiting all the families in the, in the village and in the process they meet this girl who's quite sick named Sheila now, she was at, actually at the point of death um, Sheila needed the help that Vishal and Ruth wanted to give, they wanted to care for this girl but her parents were very suspicious, they, they didn't want the help but in the end, Vishal, probably a bit countercultural, says, well, I'm going to tell the police that you're trying to kill your daughter. So give her to me, otherwise I'm going to the police. So the parents give in, take the daughter, and they took her to the hospital. They cared for her there for two weeks or so, and then they brought her home into their house, and they cared for her there and building her up, building up her energy. Um, however, not long after, her... Her mother came in saying, uh, you're, The, the village is complaining because you're corrupting our daughter and we want her back. Vishal and Ruth were sort of happy because they thought, Oh, great, they, they want to care for their own daughter in their own home. And so they took her home. And, um, and then about a few weeks later, Sheila was in exactly the same position again. She was sick at the point of death. So the whole process starts over again. They take Sheila, they take her to the hospital, they give her the drips that she needed, gives her the recovery that she needs. Um, And Ruth thinks to herself, well, surely the parents have learnt their lessons by now. Um, But before they knew it, Sheila was at home and died. Now, Vishal explains in his book that they didn't understand the worldview of the village. Sheila's parents starved her to death. She was the second girl, and was an unnecessary burden. They'd have to feed her for ten to twelve years. They'd have to pay the dowry for a husband. Sheila's in-laws might even get uh, Sheila's in-laws might even torture her, so that the pa- family has to pay more money. Then, whenever she had a child, she'd have to return home. All these things would produce an extra cost that they really decided that it was too much to bear so they so they decided to let her die Vishal and Ruth came from a worldview of the bible where human life is valued and this idea has shaped our western society it's it's what we've been looking at in the in the passages already sheila's parents on the other hand saw children as assets and liabilities conveniences or burdens Vishal says that they weren't horrible people. In fact, they thought that what they were doing was the most loving thing that they could do for their daughter. You see, they believed that Sheila's future in their caste was doomed to, suffer, to be miserable. And actually letting her die was, was the best thing they could do for their daughter. It would shorten her suffering. See, when, when culture is void of biblical influence the value of, human, of the individual human is at risk. We see this in many parts of the world where, where um, value is based on status or gender or even family name. Um, in Ecuador, um, when we would ask people their, their name, they, they would tell us their four names, their, their first name, their middle name, their first surname and their second surname. And we thought this was really weird. We thought, why are they telling us All their names. Well, it's because surname is important. It places them in a category. And it helps us to know how we treat them. That's what it was all about. I don't think we really understood when we first got there. But in many places around the world, if you have the right surname, then opportunities are easier to come by. The same is true of gender and status. I mean, it can make it a hopeless place to be if you don't have the right surname, if you're at the bottom of the pile. And I guess that was the point that Sheila's parents were getting to. Western society values humanity because of the massive influence that Christianity has had in our culture. And it's something that we need to celebrate. No one in our culture has has less value or more value than another. This is what sets um, us apart from cultures like that of Sheila's parents. Of course, we wouldn't let our children die just because of financial burden. We'd fight for their life, wouldn't we? Just like Vishal and Ruth. So let's have a think about ourselves for a moment and the need to consider our unique place um, in this story. Well, the first application for today is that we need to be active in loving a stranger. And we saw this in Matthew 25, didn't we? Now, for me, that means getting out of my comfort zone and putting myself in the awkward position of getting to know people around me who are not the same as me. Who, who are we going to invite in to our house? As we saw, there's an expectation from Jesus that we'll be involved in caring for the need. So I, guess, so I guess for us it starts with praying for opportunities to come to our door. For us to be able to see people in our community that are in need. And maybe that's in your street. I'm sure there's a new migrant or two that lives near you. Maybe you've been served by a foreigner. What's your attitude towards them? Do you treat them with respect? Do you love them and invite them in? I mean, Jesus said that as we care for strangers, we care for him. That's a pretty big call. So we can't love Jesus and ignore those who are different to us. That's That's impossible. We need to love those who are different to us. So you can't walk out of here today thinking that all people are equal, yet decide that the responsibility to care for those who are not like you is not yours. This is your responsibility. The second application for us is that because we're all equal we can celebrate our diversity. I think there's a, a certain level of fear in in Aussie culture about diversity. I've heard it, I've read it, I felt it um, and I think it's time we get over it. Now this, I, I didn't know this, but apparently um, our country was built on diversity. In fact On the first fleet, there were 60 nationalities represented. Isn't that amazing? And I think, wow. Plus, there was over 400 indigenous nations already here when they arrived. (laughs) And you think we're scared of diversity now. Imagine what they would have felt with all these people from all over the globe descending um, here. Right now in Sydney, 43% of people were born overseas. 43%. That's incredible. If we can't trust the foreigner, (laughs) well, half the population's out of reach. Now I might look like a a white Australian, but having Dutch parents and and living in Ecuador for 12 years has, has definitely changed who I am. But the Bible has shown us today that we are all equal. And our responsibility is to love those who are made in the image of God. To love them even though they are different to us. And I I don't think I can emphasise that enough. I read recently that as ethnic diversity increases, trust levels in that community actually decrease. I think as followers of Jesus, no one is better placed than us than to express love to these people to, to build trust in the community that we live in we should be the example I'm sure as we look around our community there's, there's a need to help those uh, new to our country to open bank accounts use public transport and, and many many more things that we can think of we can stand up for them when they're discriminated against and we need to encourage our young people as well to love them I'll finish by saying that there's there's so much more that we could say about equality, Um, but by no means is this an exhaustive account of everything regarding equality. Um, But what's clear to me is that as followers of Jesus, we're God's representatives on earth. We're the image bearers of the creator. We've been charged with loving our neighbour and caring for the stranger. This is clear. So with so many foreigners in Sydney... I'm sure, I'm sure that as our hearts are compelled by Christ's love to care for them, that opportunities will arise to share the faith that we have. Now, I can't help but remind myself of that picture at the beginning of, of Matthew 25. or not the beginning of Matthew 25, but the beginning of the passage in verse 32 of Matthew 25. All nations will be gathered before him. All nations standing before jesus not most of the nations not some of them not a few of them not the best ones all of them the foreign i think we we can pray that the foreigners are well we know that the foreigners are going to be there with us too don't we so we need to be praying for opportunities so that like us these people that jesus will put them on the right with us because they have trusted jesus too let's pray Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have made us in the image of yourself. We thank you that we can celebrate diversity even though we are equal to one another. Help us to love those who are different to us. Help us to reach out to those who are strangers, who are sick, who are in prison, who who need people like us to reach out to them, Lord. We pray for opportunities this week that you bring people to us And that we go out to people too. um, To reach out to these people, Lord, that need us. Help us, we pray, um, to do this because of what you have done for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.